welcome to That Happens, the podcast where me, Spencer Crittenden, and he, Jeff Davis, answer all your questions about health and fitness. Keep in mind, we are doctors and have always claimed to be. We just love prescribing drugs and uh, curing maladies and would love to help you with yours. How's it going, Jeff? It's going fantastic, Spencer. Am I on? Am I here? I think I'm being spotlit. Should I remove? Okay, Kevin's removed the spotlight and you might be visible soon, if not now. Okay, what this this show is already a fiasco. Uh, this is episode eleven, if I'm not mistaken, and we still can't get anything right. We just we 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 just don't care. I can I can't see me up on the thing. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're side by side. Guy. Oh, there I am. Okay, here I am. Now now I've got it. Hello, everybody. I'm <laughs> Jeff B. Davis, and uh, happy. Happuccino Day to all of our Happuccinos, and also Happy Greek Easter to all of our Greekachinos. Uh, it, it is Orthodox Easter, and I don't know if you celebrated it like I have. Um, I went to Dino Stamatopoulos's and ate vegan gavetsi and some uh, and some rosé wine, and and had to tear myself away to be with you, Spencer and Kevin Day. Kevin Day, our our our. One of the great survivor stories of COVID-19. He's still with us. Kevin, uh, are you 100%? You seem like it. You look bright-eyed and bushy-bearded. Yes. So I got my first vaccine dose. uh, Feeling great. No mystery uh, cigarette smoke since then. So I I, I hope I've been cured. Fantastic. Wow. They flushed the cigarette smoke out of your face. What about you, Jeff? What's your vax status? I, I'm half vaxxed. I have my second dose on the 11th of this month. So May 11th, I will be uh, super vaxxed. I, I will be a uh, vax headroom. I will be uh, <laughs> I will be uh, mega vax uh, and other vax. things that rhyme. You'll be vax Landis. I'll be vax Landis. I'll be vaxtron. I'll be uh, vaccinated. I'll be all of the sure. vaxes. Uh, cheers, Spencer. Uh, w- what, what, what are you drinking, Spencer? You, you, got the, you got the Major Melon still rocking? Oh, you know I got the Major Melon, boy. Oh, shit. Can you see mine? Now I've just left it up here as <laughs> artwork. It really, you know, adds a, adds, a, adds a pop of color and warmth to your room. I will say it, it does. It, it, it adds a little, uh, a, a, just a, a, a touch of pizzazz. And this, I mean, I, I think this really sums me up. It's Major... Uh, it's Major Mellow Mountain Dew sitting on top of the Count of Monte Cristo by Dumas. And then we got uh, the Satyricon by Petronius. And then the Black Sheep by Honoré de Balzac. And on top of it sits the worst soft drink humani- uh, humanity has ever created. So no, I, I think this is my art piece, my metaphor for the last year and a half. It's the decline of humanity. It's shit sitting on top of majesty. Mm-hmm. And if you've not read any Honoré de Balzac, are, are you familiar with Balzac, Spencer? And uh, and try to keep it clean in your in your in your response. Oh yes, I have one myself. You, <laughs> can you can you handle some Balzac? Oh, I, I don't I don't know. I think it's too dense for me. Okay. I was doing um, an improv show in Las Vegas uh, with Drew Carey and the gang, and a show called Improvaganza, and I was running an improv game uh, <laughs> called Styles. And Greg Proops, not Ryan Styles, just, no. you know, Styles, but, you know, same idea. 
options, other people call it options, where we get a bunch of different, um, I, I would go to the audience and say, let's stop this scene and let's get a poet or let's stop the scene and get a style of film. And then they have to continue in a different style. So I said, uh, can I get a poet? And somebody from the crowd yells, Balzac! And I, you know, not to be a dick, corrected him and said he wasn't necessarily a poet. He was more of a prose author, you know, and, and you know, wrote, wrote fiction. Mm-hmm. And the crowd, of course, laughs because somebody in Las Vegas has drunkenly yelled Balzac in a, in, a, in, a room, in a room full of people. And I turned to uh, Greg, and I want to say it was Sean Masterson in the scene together. And I said, Greg, can you handle some Balzac? And Greg walked all the way across the stage and took my microphone and said, Jeff, that's how I got the job. <laughs> I, th- I think that was a high point in improv history. <laughs> that's really good. But if, if, if uh, for, for our Hapuccino listeners out there, if you've never uh, been hip to the human comedy and uh, Honoré de Balzac, find The Black Sheep. It's really funny. It's, uh, it, it's a good read. And uh, I, I, think you, I think you will enjoy Balzac, huh? Black Sheep. That's not, that sounds good. I don't know. I don't read it much does. these days. No? No, you love reading, Jeff. I, you're always reading. When we were on the Harmontown tour, you were always sneaking off to read as if it were some sort of illicit drug. I think, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a way of, um, I, I mean, now that the, the restaurants and bars are starting to open up again, I'm, I think we've, we've talked about this before. Um, Again, this is the Jeff Davis, I think I've told the story before, segment of sure. our show, which is really the whole show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like going out into a restaurant and being alone and reading. And because restaurants and bars are only half capacity right now, I half like it. When it goes to full capacity, I'm going to be miserable because I have to listen to other people and I can't concentrate. But I, but I, but I have been reading and I just finished a fantastic book by Jeanette Winterson called Why Be Normal When You Can Be Happy. It, it's so, uh, no, no, why, why Be Happy When You Can Be Normal, rather. Hmm. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's just the, the finishing a book uh, in a public space is something that hasn't happened to me in a long time. And, and books are a way of pushing people away from me. And for, and for Jeanette Winterson, especially, all she ever wanted to do was be alone with books mm-hmm. and, uh, and then write, you know, 15 why, or 20. Uh, Awesome ones. Why, why be happy when you can be? What was the answer? It seems like you would rather be happy, right? Yes. Well, spoiler alerts. And if you and if you're halfway through this book, or if you want to oh, uh, no. read this book, and you should um, just mute the next bit. It's it's the story of her. It's it's an autobiography of an, a fantastic English writer uh, from. Manchester or Accrington, which is just outside Manchester, England. And she was adopted. And this, this is the story of her finding her birth mother. And she's not sure if it's something that she should do, wants to do. Um, but she goes on this journey. And she, her adoptive mother is Mrs. Winterston, and Jeanette Winterson only refers to her as Mrs. Winterson. She never calls her mother or mom. Uh, she lived with her for 16 years and then moved out and then put herself through Oxford and then became the fantastic author that we know. And she wrote this book when she was 25 called Oranges Are Not the Only Fruit. And it was a big hit, like a huge hit when you're, and to be 25 and write like 
a great novel. Um, she's annoying. Uh, yeah. a, a, a lot of literary people find her quite annoyingly talented and they made a huge like TV show out of it on BB, BBC TV, either in the eighties or nineties. I don't know. I, I haven't seen it. Um, so she's quite a celebrity, but her going out to find her birth mother is something she wants to keep a secret. Um, Cause she was also gay and she wanted to keep that a secret because the tabloids are coming after her at all, all times. At any rate, her, she had to sneak books and read on the toilet at the outside loo at their house in Accrington because they didn't have an inside toilet. And her evangelical mother wouldn't let her read books mm. except for the Bible. So she had to pretend she had constipation so she could sneak books uh, out in the toilet. So uh, her escape was books. My escape is just anything that makes people go away. You would think that holding a book in a public place, people would leave you alone. They just don't. Sure. Maybe right. you should and try reading the Bible, you know? Well, thank you. I, I'm, 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 I'm balls deep in the Quran right now. So as soon as I finish that, I'm going to go back and start from the tippy top of the Old Testament. There you go the Bible, the greatest book ever written, I'm told, you know, the greatest story ever told. There you go. Um, so I like, the, once, I like the, sorry, sorry, go ahead, Spencer. Well, this is changing the subject, but once we're vaxxed, are we going to, are we going to record in the same space? You think we're going to stay at home? We're going to keep, keep up the zoom or are we going to get like a big, uh, a bigger camera, like a much bigger camera and be like sitting in chairs or something, you know? I'm, I, I just came from Dino's house for his uh, Greek Easter, which is the first time he's had a big party since mm -hmm. COVID happened. And all the Starburns people were there and a bunch of other people were there, rock and rollers, musicians. And I'm a gregarious dude. I, I, like, I like being around people unless I don't. And then I read a book and tell you to fuck straight off. Sure. But there was a lot of people there and I wasn't, I wasn't totally ready for it. I do think that the moment that you and I, Spencer, are allowed to be in the same room and record and make actual eye contact to each other, I think uh, I, I'm, I'm all for that. I think the podcast will either get a lot better or a lot worse. <laughs> one, of the, one of the two. It's, yeah, it's that binary. I, I think, uh, I, but I think we have to roll those cosmic dice. Yeah. Speaking of cosmic dice, um, can I, can I... Can I roll a real, can I shuffle the deck of, of the cosmos and invite a guest onto the show that is always an X factor? Oh yeah. We're going to have to, we, we have to. Kevin, is, is, is he online? He is. He's yeah, ready he's to go. Okay. Um, that happens, uh, fans. Uh, you, you know him from Harmontown. You know him from Channel 101. You love him from Schraub Home Video. Um, one of my favorite people in the world. He lives about like a three wood. Uh, if, if I could really hit a three wood golf ball, I could hit Rob's uh, apartment in, in, in a window, but I, I'm not that good at golf. Um, let's bring out one of my favorite people of all time. I've known him since, mm, fuck, I was 24 years old. Uh, mm -hmm. The majesty and the mystery that is Kevin Day. <laughs> I was Rob, are you there's Rob. Hello, baby. Hey, hi guys. Thank you for letting me be on the show. What a wonderful, uh, wonderful intro. Thank you, Jeffrey. You're one of my people too. 
thanks for letting us be on your website. We're, oh, we're broadcasting yeah. live from your home, essentially. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, Kevin and I started this during the pandemic, and uh, it it's been rewarding and fun, and having having more shows like uh, like you guys and Callie and Jim Mafood and Dave Hartman having. It's it's kind of, it's it's fun. It's it's uh it's uh, I don't know how long uh we're gonna do it until Kevin gets sick of doing it probably, but um it's uh kind of filled the hole after Harmontown. Yeah, and I don't want to take too much credit, but this used to be a live show until my uh, hypochondria essentially killed it and turned it into what it is today. Though the whirlwind right. success. Right, right, right. I was doing uh, an interview show in um, uh, Nolan's garage and Uh Spencer was my first guest. And this was just on the, what? The tippy toes of people going, okay, there's a problem with the pandemic. And, uh, and Kate was like, I really don't want you to do this. I think you should cancel it. If if anybody's sick there, you're going to bring it home and I'm going to get sick. And, and I said, don't worry, I'm going to wear plastic gloves. I'm going to stay away from everybody. And uh, uh, don't worry, I won't get anywhere close. Like, And then all these pictures were online of Spencer, like, putting his head on my shoulder and just like, and Kate's like freaking out. Like, what the fuck are you doing? What the hell are you doing? And then the next day, Spencer <laughs> tweets to the universe, the world doesn't say it between friends, but just says, I think I have it. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was crying. I was like, I'm going to die. And I killed Kate, too. Oh, the one person I trusted. All right. Well, sorry. I ate up half your show by telling that story. No, it's good. I like that story. I like how it involves me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like how I'm kind of like a, a essentially a villain in it too, you know. It is, and it's so out of character because of anybody. I would say, well, Spencer's going to be the most careful. He's not. I there. have been. I had been you, up to that. You point. have. You thing. have. Yeah. But back then, we didn't know how careful we were supposed to be. You know, I right. mean, like it just it it felt like we were all going to die. Like within like the next week, we were standing in line at the grocery store. You know, uh, it was it was crazy, but here we are alive. Well, uh, Only Kev- Kevin. Kevin, Kevin said that he was like you, Kevin. You had been extraordinarily careful. You hadn't left the house. Yeah, you're young. You're young. You're healthy, and for for, for some reason you got it. And got not gas. only did you get you got it good and hard, and you have like you were you were sick for months. It felt like yeah, probably it was at least a month. I was out out. It was the sickest I've ever been in my life. Oh, yeah. So, uh, who's who's all vaxxed, fully vaxxed? I am. I'm about to hit um, next Tuesday. I'll be two weeks out for my second dose, which is, I think, when like the kind of full protection kicks in. So we we just got our our we're full out from our second vax. So we're all nice. 100. percent well, well, then I, we can I, hang out. Yeah. Do you need help I, moving? I, Probably. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I not going to have my friends help me move. I, I get my number two shot on the 11th, and and so I'm I'm halfway there. Right. So so Shrab, uh, mm-hmm. for people for the uh, listeners that don't know this, 
Schraub's apartment is one of the coolest apartments in Los Feliz, California. It, it was is. built in, the, I think, 1955. Yep. I lived there before Schraub. I was the third tenant to live there because first there was a LAPD homicide detective that lived there. Mm-hmm. Then, and his phone was still on the wall with the, like, the, like the speed dials, not speed dials, there was no such thing, but the, 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 the short five-digit number that you could call up like homicide or, or the precinct or the morgue or whatever. Then Helene and her husband lived there for like 35 years. Mm. And then my, uh, my, my friend, angry Irish Paul and I lived there for, I think a year and a half. And then, then he moved out and I couldn't afford to live there alone. And I wanted, I wanted someone that I knew to take over this incredibly cool two bedroom, 1955 kind of mid century esque apartment and Shrab moved in. And yeah. uh, you've been there how long now, Shrab? Since 99. is the longest I've lived anywhere in my life. Longer than Mayville or Milwaukee. But uh, I'm, 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 Kate and I are finally moving in like, uh, well, we get the keys in two weeks. And then we're going to start, we, we're redoing like, we're getting a gas for bugs and stuff like that. But then, yeah, we're moving out. But uh, it is it's the the reason I've been here so long is because one the rent is crazy cheap. My rent has not gone up since I think maybe 2010. My rent has stayed the same. And uh, I, I I should never have left because yeah. the, the, it was the, the landlord is this old Irish dude who just didn't care about raising the rent. Yeah, your, and, your and, rent was eight hundred dollars. Yes. And then it went up to a thousand dollars. And I said, there's no way I'm ever going to afford a thousand dollars. And I just <laughs> lied to him. And I said, yeah, you know, I'm working out. It's no big deal. Whatever, you know, and, and, and gave me the keys. Damn. And look at you now yeah. um, with a wall full of VHSs. So now all of them fake or are most of them fake? No, some no. Of them fake? Yeah, most of them are real. Some of them are fake. So a lot of people have heard the story of how haunted that apartment is. <laughs> and Rob wanted to protect Kate, his wife, yes. from the knowledge of the fact that there is yeah. not only just a ghost there, but a poltergeist. No, 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 uh, not anymore. The way I got not it. anymore. Not anymore yeah. because we no. fucking dealt with it. Yeah, we dealt we, with it. We, we had an exorcism. Yes. Um, I, when I moved in there, it was Halloween with angry Irish Paul, who was Irish Catholic, um, they wanted to give our phone number a six 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 pre uh, uh, you know pre <laughs> prefix. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, I don't care. And but angry Irish Paul was like, he's like, no, my parents will never call me. They'll never fucking call me from Dublin with a, with a six. They will never dial six six six. So we had to fight that. There were ghosts. There was weird shit happening all the time. Shit kept breaking. Um, the clocks would stop and then start again. And there would be violent. Um, we, we would come back to the crib and there would just be stuff broken. Paintings or pictures thrown across the hallway. We thought, okay, someone's breaking into it, our place. We thought there was just some vandals that had the key to the house. Did you ever go up in the crawl space, Rob? Up oh, the yeah. attic and the, oh, the yeah, hall? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's hell. It's a terrifying place. <laughs> I, I've always I wanted to shoot up there, but it was just, it looked scary, you know, like, I mean, not, it looked terrifying. That's why I wanted to shoot up there. It didn't it, just look scary. It, it yeah. have, did you spend any time up there? 
Uh, not, uh, but I not no no. I would look around and I'm like, oh, there's going to be some boogans in here crawling at me. <laughs> I'm, I guess there was certainly one boogan up there. Yeah. I went up there, and again, I, I didn't think there was ghosts in the place. I thought we were being vandalized um, by you know some local ruffians, some yeah, uh, yeah some some troubled youths. I went up in the the, the hallway closet. There's a little sliding door up, up there. And I poke my head up there. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Instantly on a hot day, it was October. It was near, it was Halloween. And yet it was still like 90 degrees out. It's one of those California Halloweens where it's roasting outside. Yeah. Instantly a freezing cold wind goes through and there's no reason for that. There was no mechanical reason for that. Yeah. And I felt like, oh shit, we, I, we don't ever come up here again. Yeah. I don't say anything. I go back down the ladder and I say to angry Irish Paul, I'm like, you got to check this out. It's pretty cool. He goes up there and he lasts about a second and a half. And he comes down and he goes, we never go up there again. Yeah. Like, it's bad. Yeah. But, but I never told Shrab about this uh, when I lived there. When Rob moved in, I had never mentioned the ghosts stories. And so one, one night in my bedroom, I'm getting undressed because there's two bedrooms, Paul, the uh, one, and, the, and I had the one where the, guy, the, the, the husband used to sleep in. Because he snored, apparently, and Helene, who I met, uh, they had separate uh, bedrooms, which is now Rob's office, and the and one I slept in is, is you know, the, the master bedroom. Mm. Mm. I felt that I wasn't alone, because I had I felt like I weren't alone a, a lot, and I really felt like there was somebody in the room, and I turned around and yelled, like, you don't live here anymore, we live here. Go away. And that was the and end of that. Oh, he was, he was like, oh, I agree. Uh, that, that I never thought of it that way. Thank you so much. Yes, I'll be on it's my like, way. oh, shit. I'm, I'm, you're, I'm just a, a, a spectral squatter. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, the end. I never told Rob about that. A year later, Shrab is living there. Do you, do you remember going to the uh, Burgundy Room, Rob? And oh, you yeah. calling me up oh, saying, yeah. let's have a drink? Yeah, yeah. Totally like, you, you, you take it from there. Oh, well, uh I remember it was like you, me, I, I was, I think Dan was dating Robin at the time, or I don't know if it was those years or whatever. It was pre-channel 101 or, or whatever, but it was like, we were all at the Burgundy room hanging out and drinking. And, uh, and I said, I think there's a ghost in my place. And uh, cause I, I mean, I, because when I was living there, there would be many nights of me, walking around the apartment with a steak knife going, opening up closets, looking in the bathtub, like going, I'm somebody's in the, I know somebody's in the house. And I remember one night and, and Harmon used this during like, like the monster house or heat vision and Jack days, like Harmon would uh, work over here, get tired and sleep on the couch. He would do, he would do that occasionally. And, and and vice versa, I would do that at his place too. Yeah, and also you you like the three of us would order pink dot, watch movies, yeah. fall asleep, and, and I, I might just I, I might just pass out on your on your couch at four a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it happened it happened a while. You know, it happened a lot. Anyway, so one night I'm I'm sleeping in bed, and um, I used to I I, I sleep with the door closed because I'm crazy or whatever, but uh, I I was sleeping in bed and I hear. And I, I'm like half awake and I'm like, 
Someone's knocking at my bedroom door. Oh, Dan probably going to tell me that he's late. Wait a minute. Dan didn't spend the night. Dan is at home. I'm home alone. Who's knocking at my bedroom door? And all of us, and I get sleep paralysis. I didn't know what it was at the time. You ever get sleep paralysis where you're kind of in and out of the dream state and you can't move, you're paralyzed and you feel like the room is full of people. And that's what I was like experienced because uh, I remember like the uh, hearing the door open and footsteps coming into the house. I'm laying on my stomach, so I don't see anything and I'm not going to move because I can't, I'm paralyzed. So, and this thing, something crawls into bed and whispers in my ear, what are you doing in my bed? And then my brain explodes and then I wake up the next morning. So uh, I tell that to Jeff and I go, pretty crazy dream I had. And Jeff goes, no, the place is haunted. That was a ghost. You don't know that the place is haunted? And then- I told him to leave and he just left, but I guess he came back. Yeah, yeah. He, he, I get really scared because it's like 11. I'm going to be going home eventually and I'm going to be sleeping in there. And I might not be scared now, but I'm sure the fuck going to be scared when I'm all alone in that haunted place. So I decide I'm going to just get so drunk I can't walk, which I did. And I ended up being carried to Dan's apartment and sleeping on his couch and then waking up in the middle of the night and throwing up in his sink, which was full of dishes. So I just threw up on all of his dishes, but um, they were dirty dishes. So, and I was too embarrassed to say I threw up because I drank so much. So I didn't tell him because I was figuring, well, he's going to wash the food anyway. Mm. <laughs> that woke up. Was it, yeah. no, I, my, here, that's, that's weird. Cause my memory is when I met you at the, at the Burgundy room, you were drinking screwdrivers. Like in, in Rob, like it was never like a heavy drinker where he would just like skull like three drinks in a row, but you <laughs> were drinking, you were drinking to get drunk and drinking yeah, rapidly. I, I remember drinking because you told me. Yeah. And so you told me, it's like, I was like, what's going on? And I, I thought you were had broken up with whoever your girlfriend was at, at the time. Like I thought like, oh, Rob's going through some emotional thing. And in my memory, I think it was just the two of us at the bar, but it might've been the group. And I was like, what's, what's wrong, man? And you're like, I don't know, it's stupid, it's stupid. And then finally you said, is the Lowry ap apartment haunted? I'm like, oh yeah, it's haunted as fuck. And you went, no! <laughs> no, like, don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. You were like almost crying. And then you told me the story about the guy yeah, coming into but, the room uh, and, get, and getting on top of you and saying, what are you yeah, doing yeah, in yeah. my room? But that's not the only thing that happened. There. That's not the only thing that happened. Because um, you'd said that you, you'd I, felt weird before that. I felt weird before. And then that happened. And then like. That happens. That happens. Everybody drink. Everybody drink. I don't have a, I just have a chip. Drink that salsa. <laughs> but, but Rob, my, my memory was that night, I, I, I told you, I said, no, that place is haunted as hell. And I said, because we, that was the same bedroom that you were sleeping in as the one that I had that experience in, where I really felt there was somebody in there. And 
you and I went back to your bedroom, I thought that night, and did the same exorcism yeah. where we where we yelled at the ghost and said, you don't live here anymore. Rob no, lives here now. We, we fucking did. No, we we didn't do this. We fucking, no, Rob, I, I'm, I'm telling no. you, Rob, we did. We went back okay. and stood, we stood in front of the, my mattress. We, we stood in front of the chest of drawers. We went back to, to that bedroom, my old bedroom, your current bedroom. And we, we did the thing where we said, <laughs> you don't live here anymore. Rob lives here now. <laughs> okay. No, I, we, I, I, Rob. I, 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 I love that. Mem I love the idea of. <laughs> Rob, Rob you, you, you were legless drunk, but I'm not making this up. Right. I swear to God. This Maybe happened. I was so drunk that I forgot about that. But somebody. Like I ended up sleeping at Dan's place. I well, that, maybe maybe that night we got you. You didn't want to sleep there, but we went. I remember you and me standing in the bedroom, and yelling at the room and telling the ghosts to fuck off because Rob lives here now and you don't live here anymore. That happened for sure. Drink, everybody. I said that happens. That uh, happens. I, Rob, did that, I tell that, you about the bees? Did I tell you about the bees? No. Your house is haunted by bees. I was I was I was cleaning up the place because I think like a bunch of you guys were coming over to watch like movies like we would do. Um, I was cleaning up the place, straightening up, and I like took something from this living room and went to my bedroom and heard something like a like I thought like a helicopter was flying over. I come back in. And the windows, you know, the windows in the in the in the in the living room where it's like, you know, like they're just these big open windows covered with bees. I like walked out of the room and then walked back in, and the 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 windows were blacked out by bees. Just and 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 I was like, how, how did this happen? First of all, so quickly, and why are there so many bees? And this is scary. They're starting to get into the house through the, the, the window. It's not hermetically sealed. So like they're squeezing in through the, and I'm like this place. And, and you guys were probably like 20 minutes away. You might've even been driving or whatever over. And, and I'm like going, this place is going to be full of bees. And so I run outside <laughs> with a ski mask and snow, uh, like gloves taped onto a jacket and, and a mask on and stuff like in the middle of the summer and I grab a hose and I just start spraying it and just globs of, I felt horrible because it was killing bees, but it, it was just like, they were flopping all over the place. And a guy on a bike drives by and goes, what's going on? What's going on? It's like bees. They just, uh, they just came out of nowhere. They just covered the window. They came out of nowhere. And he goes, is your place haunted? Whoa. And I'm, Yes. And he goes, and he rode away. Whoa! And he just, Shit. the man just disappears into thin air. Yes. And, and, and yeah. that man's name was Wes Craven. What? Oh, yeah. fuck. Wait, that, I, you've never told me that story, you guys Rob. Check this out. No, no, this is, oh. so this, the, the chip, this is a chip bowl that was made by Kate's mom, who knows my love of chips. And made yes. like this comes with a salsa container, everything like that. Where, 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 where is the Etsy? Etsy uh, can we put up a link, or can you, you can you say the link on the Etsy? So, so, because I, I, I want to, 
I, I want a Cheops dipping bowl uh, more than anything I've ever seen in the last uh, yep. year and a half. Go to yeah. shrobhomevideo.com slash Cheops. Shrab I made that work. Home, Kevin just made that work right now because he is an absolute ninja. Go to shrobhomevideo.com slash Cheops. C-H-I-O-P-S. I remember one time... Back in the day, like I, I think I was 28 or 29, and we would go to Schraub's place, my old place. I was 40. And we would watch uh, schlock movies, and we would have what Schraub would call a schlock in. And we'd watch movies, mm-hmm. and we'd order food from Pink Dot. And I was still 173 pounds, which I'd been for 10 years. I would get a foot-long egg salad sandwich from Pink Dot, and the full bag, not the little, like, you know, gas station bag of, of Doritos, the big daddy, like the, the, the giant bag. And I would eat all of that. Ah. And, and, and I would wake up and I would still be 173 pounds. One day I was mm-hmm. 200 pounds, had a giant ass belly and didn't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> but Shrab would go into the kitchen and he would make nachos and he would, you know, take tortilla chips and he put real cheese on them and he had salsa and some jalapenos yeah. and some olives. I did it. I did it. He loved nachos. And one day I, oh, I came in with a bag of Doritos, which are nacho flavored. And Rob was, uh, I would say, incensed. He's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like yo, like, like, what are you eating those fochos? He called them fochos. Oh, foch. and, and to this day, I still call Doritos fochos because oh, Rob good. would go. In, I've never considered Rob a great cook, but Rob back, maybe now he is because he's become vegan. So he has to be inventive. But uh, back in the day, Rob would get in the kitchen and make a plate of nachos, and we would watch, um, you know, bad movies. Garbage. And you just that, that was paradise. I think oh, that might have been. Days. Remember when I was doing that way back then? <laughs> oh, eating chips and watching crap. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Times have changed. Yes. You, you have to imagine a different time, everybody, yes. where Rob. <laughs> Rob loved Cheops. Oh, and he, and he loved schlocky movies. He was actually into bad movies back then. Do you remember? I think I haven't come over to your house too many times to watch stuff, but do you remember when we were watching Street Wars that one oh, time? Yeah. yeah. That was we, great. That, we've shown Street Wars a couple times on Strap uh, Home Video VR, too. Yeah. That's, a, that's an amazing Wars. movie. Jeff, if you haven't heard of Street Wars, Street Wars is somebody watched The Boys in the Hood. And said, you know what this movie's missing? Ultralights. And so it's a gang, it's a street gang movie with complete with hip hop soundtrack and and uh it, it and family it, drama and family drama like Macbethian Godfather level uh of family drama. But the third act is them all getting in ultralights and using Uzis. Ultralights and- meaning the little the little things that that the, the nylon winged little rear propeller. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's it, it sounds yeah, yeah, kind. Yeah. Of, is, is it is it like Megaforce level where they all ride dirt bikes and it, and it, it it accelerates into just a dirt bike war or or is it is it? Um. No, it's it's not that epic. There's not even very much of the ultralight glider in the, in the movie. It's like the whole movie are like, when are they going to get back to this yeah. fucking glider? Yeah, it's on the cover. What it's called Street Wars, <laughs> you know, but it, but that movie 
is one is like such a wow oh my god such a uh, a lost gem not many people know about it i gave where, it the, where would it, you where, where would you put that against like i don't know how you how you would rank it against the movie like megaforce or um death promise like where, where would you it's, uh, it's right up there it's definitely those those are like three movies that if if you haven't seen it i would go you got it you got to we yeah. have to make you watch it right now because there's bad movies that you watch there's schlocky films that rob has turned me on to where you go like okay this is just bad and you can laugh at it but then there's bad movies that are kind of magical oh like, yeah mm -hmm. uh, megaforce is they make they make so many mistakes in a row that it becomes <laughs> like like a hat trick <laughs> like they're yeah. They yeah. they are the Hall of Fame of doing everything wrong in a row, and yeah. yet you can't take your eyes off it. It, and it really, it really, it really makes you question what is genius and what is garbage. I mean, it's a fine line because if somebody makes enough mistakes, they're Van Gogh. You know, like they're just yeah. they can really, really. I mean, like really, that's what it is. Is you look at like Ed Wood or Paul Knope or, uh, you know, like Megaforce or, or um, Jamal Fanaka's uh, uh, Street Wars. They, they, they have a lot of, pa that's the thing is they have a lot of passion. They're trying to do the best job they can, but because of either inability or, or, or just support, they make every single decision wrong. And if right. you're making every single decision wrong, <coughs> the movie starts going, Jesus Christ, let me take over and starts becoming its own yeah. living. But, but when I, when I watched, cause, cause, cause Rob turned me on to Megaforce um, and movies like Death Promise and Deadly Prey. Yeah. And they are really watchable, even though they're a bunch of, just again, mistake after mistake after mistake, cinematically, but the the zeal and 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 the uh, the love of making a movie is is so there. But then there's a movie like Birdemic, which I think is joyless and a complete pain in the ass. Like Birdemic is 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 the they're also making every mistake, but they're making the yeah. mistakes in the wrong order. I, I don't know. Like Birdemic makes it, me want to cry. It, 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 it makes me go. This is, feels faked. This doesn't feel like you, you, I mean, like when you watch something like Megaforce, people were trying as hard as they could to yeah. make a good movie, to not make just a good movie, but to make the best movie ever made. That's what I love to see is somebody taking a heavy, heavy swing. And, yeah. you know, like at the end of that movie, Megaforce or Death Promise, at the rap party, people were going to go, holy shit, we broke the code. Yeah. This is this is it, guys. We we we, we, we made smoking the bandit meet Star Wars. We fucking yeah. did it. Yeah. yeah. What do you want? <laughs> what else do you want? What do you want? We combined the two biggest best franchises to get they said, first of all, it can't be done. We went, <coughs> sorry, we're gonna do it anyway. Yeah. And we did it. <laughs> and I guarantee you, Hal Needham and all of them and the yeah, very boss <laughs> going. I'm gonna buy a house. You know, this is great. 
This is, this buy, is we, we did this. We nailed I, it. We I, 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 I'm going to buy a house that is on a yacht. I'm going to buy a house that yeah. lives on top of a yacht. Yeah. I'm going to, and that yacht Wait. is going to be in an ocean of houses. Well, no, I, I wonder, Rob, do you really think at the end, the final cut of Megaforce, well, maybe when not. they went to the screening, <laughs> do you think Barry Bostick went like, oh shit, I'm the new Harrison Ford? Or do you think he went, <laughs> Oh, this, that this is, movie is a oh fucking tr trash truck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. <laughs> because, <laughs> and, 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 and for those of you who have never seen Megaforce, please find it, but don't, don't turn it off after it's over. Watch the credits. Yeah. There's a closing credit clip. Uh, th th there's a couple little Easter eggs in there that really, mm -hmm. that's what makes this movie great for me is because it's funny till the very last drop. Oh, but yeah. I don't think they think they're making a comedy. I think they thought they were making Star Wars. Yeah. 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 I think, think Megaforce was on uh, How Did This Get Made podcast. Oh, yeah. It's so good. And also, for Barry Bostwick, who went on to a great TV career, mm -hmm. um, what, what was his show? Spin City? What was his show? Yeah, I think it was Spin City, yeah. He played the mayor yeah. or whatever or something I do, I do believe that Hollywood gives every actor or actress one chance at a blockbuster action, like, uh, you know, like chance. And he chose Megaforce and yeah. they never let him do it again. <laughs> no, but I'm glad they did. It's such a fun Oh, fun God, it's movie. great. It's so when Rob, Rob told me about this movie and I called up Virgin, Rec, uh, you know, Virgin Megastore and all these, you know, places like... Shrub, what, what was the local um, video store? Jerry's. Not video Journeys. Jerry's Video Rerun. Jerry's Video Rerun uh, on Hillhurst, which is long gone. They didn't have it. They were mad at me for asking. I called up Virgin. They were mad at me for asking. And someone said, call up. And then what's the one in the valley that has everything? Saturday matinee? Uh, Eddie's. Eddie's. Eddie, uh, Bra Eddie Brant's Saturday matinee? Eddie Brant's, yeah. That's Tarantino's right, yeah. So there's Megaforce there right is. there. Megaforce. Uh, deeds, <laughs> not words. That movie's crazy. Um, I, I, I call that movie the, the increasingly homosexual adventures of Megaforce <laughs> because and, and they just don't want women around. And nope. it, it just gets it, it just gets so man on man that I I don't know if they knew that. Henry Silva, the great actor, uh, oh, he's in a good. his worst his, performance. His reaction. <laughs> His reaction at the end when they're flying with the motorcycle, <laughs> him like in the tank going. <laughs> is He's supposed to be the like the reaction of everybody in the theater during the the the, the premiere. They're just yes, that's my reaction. His his character was supposed to be some South or Central American like like military overlord. I didn't get, I watched this movie a million times. I do not get the relationship. Between then there's those. a scene with him and uh, Barry Bostwick, who is quite, uh, you know, American. They're doing a scene together. And I think because they're either so drunk or that, that nobody gave a shit, their, ac their accents crossfade. And all of a sudden, Barry Bostwick sounds oh, Latin American. <laughs> it's so great. And uh, Shrab and I and Harmon and I and Jack Black and I, well, we've watched this movie a million times. Their, their sign off is not like a salute. 
It's what we call kissy thumbs. So if you really have a bond with somebody, it's kissy thumbs. That movie is just great. <laughs> There's a, a Megaforce Appreciation Society on Facebook, which they they're like these guys are doing their best to recreate the vehicles. Like they're building like like the motorcycles and like the the dune buggies and everything complete with like the laser moving laser gun or whatever. And it's great watching these guys like build these props. It's, it's pretty, pretty. And they're like fully functional too. They drive them. It's, it's great. You should check that out. No, there's the, the, the climactic scene is a bunch of dirt bikes popping wheelies and shooting rockets into the air. And I would say a good 80% of those rockets fly straight out. A lot of them go <laughs> just like, like, like somebody, Somebody got maimed during that. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. And do you remember the Porky Pig scene where they try to go to a, like a little cartoon oh break? Oh my gosh! Yeah. But they couldn't yeah. clear Looney Tunes, uh, Warner Brothers rights they could, to they Porky Pig going. And that's all, folks. Yeah. And so they had this really ersatz, poorly animated. I think he was a pig. Was he a pig? Yeah, was he's he... a pig. But he but he doesn't even say. Good night. That's it. He goes, uh, that. Mm. <laughs> and then he falls over. He's like, <laughs> seems like he's about to say that's all folks, but he fell, yeah. a, fell a slipped and fell <clears throat> and somebody went, yeah, you know, they'll get it. Some people say, could you, if you had a time machine, could you go back and, and make, consider whether you killed uh, Hitler or not? Um, I want to go to the fucking screening of Megaforce to find out was, was it a party? Was everybody thrilled, or, or were they just having a big was laugh? Like, okay, we fucking blew it, or do people just go like, oh my god, we'll never work again in this town? Oh my gosh! Oh the shit! There's hell. Good job, man! Fucking did it. Good job. Right, but then again. I, I think he was, I think Hal Needham was so drunk on his own power after making Smoking the Bandit and then Cannonball Run. But then if you watch Cannonball 2, I think you see like him going down. Did he do Cannonball 2? I don't know. I mean, I would, did he not do Cannonball 2? I don't, I don't know. He might have. Hey, Ke Kevin, done. find out if <laughs> Kevin's already on it. I can see his, his eyeballs. And his fingers tapping. This is my cannibal run story. So um I um I'm going like a bunch of my friends are going like, hey, uh, we're gonna go see Raiders of the Lost Ark. And uh, uh my next door neighbor, I think her name was like Shelly or something like that. And, and she said, Oh, don't go see Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's not good. It's all <laughs> like at the end, wow. like there's people melting. It's disgusting. You won't like it. I went, oh, okay. What else is there? Oh, you should see Cannonball Run. It's so funny. It's so funny. I went, all right, sounds good. I'm going to go see Cannonball Run instead of this Raiders of the Lost Ark. And then I went and I saw it and loved it. I thought it was delightful. I it thought Burt Reynolds was great the action was fun it was good you got dom de being the funniest person of all time yeah jj 
And I left the theater and people were dancing out of the other one going, holy shit, Raiders of the Lost Ark. That was, how could you not go see that? I go, you guys blew it. <laughs> Back there, best time ever. I don't know what you guys saw, but there was no way that movie was nearly as good. I guarantee it. And I never saw Raiders of the Lost Ark in the theater. I had to wait until it was on TV. You know, though, I, I, I think those two movies, different genres, but I think that you could dance out of the theater for both of those films. And I it, and I did. I proved it. It's great. Cannonball Run 2, not the best. Sammy Davis Jr. has one of the funniest lines of all time in it. Uh, it, but it, it's not very good. And then, then Hal Needham made Megaforce, and I don't think he ever directed a film again, did he? I, I think that might, Hollywood said, okay, uh, give, give us the keys rad? back. I thought he did Rad, which was like a BMX kind of gleaming the cube movie with teens. I think he did yep. that. After Megaforce, well, he did Stroker Ace, Cannonball Run 2, Rad, Body Slam, and then the whole Bandit series. Okay. The well, Stroker thing. Ace... So Stroker Ace, uh, Burt Reynolds was still willing to work with him again after Megaforce. That, that's good. There's a, there's a scene in Cannonball Run 2 where Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. are, their, their cover story for the Cannonball is that they're priests and they get, they have a run-in with the mafia, but the mafia... Don is Charles Nelson Riley, whose name is Don. So he's Don Don. Charles Nelson Riley cast as a mafia Don is like that's for me the movie's already like yeah, that's perfect. pretty funny. That's and pretty they, funny. they they I guess Charles Nelson Riley and no, sorry yeah, Dean Martin and and Sammy owe the mob money, and they're going to get killed, and somebody puts a gun to their heads and says, the money or your life? And Sammy Davis says, I'll take the money. <laughs> Look, that's, a, <laughs> that, that's a good joke. <laughs> Sammy is like one of the funniest people that ever lived. I, I, I don't know if this is apocryphal, but I, I've told the story a million times. I believe I heard somewhere that Alfred Hitchcock's daughter on his deathbed asked her father, Alfred Hitchcock, what his favorite movie of all time was, and he said Smokey and the Bandit. I heard I heard that story too. I mean, but that also might have been the last movie he saw. Right. <laughs> like he, he might have been, you know, descending into dementia and the last what movie if he, he remembered. What if, what if he had a choice? This is the last movie you're ever gonna see, Mr. Mr. Hitchcock. Hitchcock. We've got over here in Cinema One, uh, Smokey and the Bandit, Cinema Two. Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's not that. You don't want to say, well, this will be my last movie I ever watch. Might as well see something good. And then they wheel them in. I'm pretty sure. You didn't have any. I... God fucking damn it. <laughs> now, if I, I were going to watch it with commercials the rest of my life. I would rather, if, if I were going to die, like if I knew that my time was coming, like imminently, like, you know, the next day or two or a week or three, whatever. And you gave me the choice between an action adventure, you know, shoot 'em up, you know, loud, serialized thing, or a straight up Dom DeLuise comedy. Mm -hmm. I would go out with Cannonball Run. 
Because yeah. you watch you watch Raiders and go, great, now I want to see another one, but I can't because I'm going to die soon. Right. Cannonball Run leaves you laughing. It's fucking great. They end with they end, you end with bloopers and you get to laugh at and that. Bloopers. Great. That's a good that's a good question. You're going to die. You have time to watch one movie. Mm-hmm. What's going to make I, I would ra- I would like to watch something that makes me laugh. Like to go out laughing like that would be great. I mean, like an action one, a thrilling one or whatever. If it's really good, it's high anxiety. But if you're laughing, it's it's just like that's that's pure bliss. Yeah, right? I mean, like, it, I, I know it's hack to say it, but I love Casablanca and I watch it every time it comes on TCM. I watch it again because it gets better and better and better every time. But if I were on my deathbed and you gave me the choice between Casablanca and Blazing Saddles, Blazing Saddles, I, I, I want fart jokes. I want. Uh, I am. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Gene Wilder at that oh. time, either Blazing Saddles or Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Holy shit. Gene Wilder and Young Frankenstein is. Just god, godly funny. Um, the fu- the f- everything. The f- for for, for me, for me, Mel Brooks's movies. His best movie is Young Frankenstein, but for me, his funniest movie is Blazing Saddles because Blazing Saddles is just racist. It's sex. <laughs> it's, it's it's so it's so pure. <laughs> it's got Harvey Corman. It's got Harvey Corman. Yeah, Harvey got, Corman yeah. so good. I went to see Better Off Dead would be up there too. Oh, Better Better Off Off, Dead. Better Off Dead, I think, is like one of the funniest movies ever made. It's as quotable as Caddyshack, if not more so. But I just think it is so dumb and weird, and everybody is the the same amount of weird. Even John Cusack was like the least funny part of it, but everybody is so odd. I've never I've ever seen uh, Perrier without calling it Peru because of that movie. It, it, it's Peru. Fantastic. I, I, I think I've told you this before. When, um, when Gene Wilder died, the arc light in Hollywood every night, like I think like at a, either a midnight showing or like a 11 o'clock showing, they showed an, uh, a Gene Wilder film. So it was Willy Wonka mm-hmm. or it was Blazing oh, Titles, yeah. Young Frankenstein. And uh, I, I took my girlfriend at the time who is, you know, just 30 years old, so millennial. And I, I don't think she'd ever seen it, but she, you know, but she's hip and likes old movies. Like this movie is very weird. And like, you couldn't make this movie now because there's so many end bombs in it. And there's so much yeah. racial jokes yeah. and sex jokes. And just, it's so, you couldn't do it now. Half the audience, there's maybe like 45 people there. Half were people over 40, half were people 30 or younger. The people over 40 were laughing on page one and screaming laughing because you couldn't believe what was on the screen. It took the people under 30 about 20 pages to realize, oh, the whole point is nothing matters. The whole point is that he's making fun of everybody. And then it was a complete freak out in in the audience. And it was so cool to watch that. But it it, it took the millennials a long time to go like, no, um, there's an N-bomb on page two. And you're going to have to get ready for that because it keeps happening. (laughs) It's like, he just, but that was Gene Wilder's movie more than it was Mel Brooks's, I think, right? Him and Uh, Richard Pryor. Young young Frankenstein was 
Gene Wilder's baby. But I think um, Mel Brooks wrote uh, 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 Blazing Saddles with Richard Pryor. Yeah. And I think it was called uh, Tex X originally. Yeah. And it wasn't yeah. very good. But uh, Gene Wilder, I think, came in and like, did a huge rewrite oh with God. Richard Pryor. Can you imagine if uh, instead of Cleavon Little, it was Richard Pryor yeah. as Bart in that movie? I mean, I, Cleavon Little was fantastic. In he it, was but, great. He was great. But I mean, you can't help but think like, you know, I mean, maybe he wasn't ready to to to, to do that yet. But um, I, I, don't, I, I think I, I think he might have been tied up in another film, or maybe the studio felt like Richard Pryor might not, not have been like the safest choice, just kind of based on his lifestyle. I'm not sure. Speaking uh, of lifestyle choices, we're, we're going to take a "That Happens" ad break. Uh, uh, this this episode of uh, "That Happens" is brought to you by our good friends at whoever is about to talk to you next. <laughs> Now, Rob, if you want, you can bring us back in. How do what? How do I bring him bring you back in? I don't know. We just had a commercial. Now you can you can respond to that or whatever you like. Okay, or Spencer. Spencer's been quiet. Like now, or is there? Are we re, uh, wait? Wait. Do I wait till I come back? What? No, no, no. This this will just be an edit point. <laughs> this is the edit point. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was looking at my phone, going, oh, "All right, when's the commercial start?" Wow, that was a great commercial. Do you guys do that every week? Oh um, yeah, we can't yeah. get enough. We should we should record some ads just for fun, you know? Like All right. it's so fun. I mean like after this, you know. Spencer, I bet the, what's the funniest movie you 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 don't like movies. You don't like entertainment. Oh, I hate them. Oh, like but but is there something that you think is funny or or I mean, do you find things funny does anything make you laugh no um jeff just took a drink from like a week old i mean a month old at this point mountain dew but when i when i i, I open it so rarely it still makes the fizzy sound when i open I it and it's, it's still got the fizz everybody um i'm jeff davis for major melon mountain dew um don't do it and and i'm not <laughs> <laughs> I'm not spelling it D-E-W, just with D-O. I'm telling you not to drink this drink. Don't do the do. But, but still, after all this time, well, I just opened it. I screwed that. So, I will say, though, there are worse chasers for Fernet Branca. There are worse chasers for Fernet Branca than Major Mellon. Top, top worst chasers for Fernet <laughs> Branca I was thinking. Uh, yeah. are number one. Horse jizz. Horse jizz. That's number one. Should have started at number five. Number two. Top worst should... chasers. Top worst chasers for Fernet Branca or for Major Mellon? Fernet Branca. For Fernet Branca. Top oh, number num two. Number num two. I, I know what number one is, so I'll, I'll save number one. Worst okay. chaser. Horse jizz. <laughs> yeah, he knows it. He knows it. Yeah. We, you know it already because we just. Did it number two. <laughs> number two. Number two. This is gonna be um, a long show. All right. Um. <laughs> grapefruit juice. Grapefruit juice. Grapefruit. Don't do that. I've I've tried it. Mm, yeah. Right. Sorry. Burp. Is, oh dear heavens. That number was a three, fucking rough number one. Three. Number three. Jeff is dying. Number three. Number three. Number three. Um, number three. 
Um, Epicac. Epicac. Wow, we're going way back. Yeah, that'd be bad. Yes. Number four, number four. Worst chaser. Syrup of swill. Syrup of swill. What's that? Well, and number five, the le- least uh, worst out of, <laughs> out of these five choices is... More, more Frenette Branca. That's the worst chaser. Okay. <laughs> What's syrup of swill? Is that a real thing? What is that? It is, it is a real thing because you said Ipecac. Sure. Um, my favorite W.C. Fields, speaking of the funniest movies of all time, as Shrab just mentioned. Rob, have you watched uh, It's a Gift by um, W.C. Fields? No, I know. It is the funniest W.C. Fields m- movie for my money. It that. is a fucking freak out. Um, there's a scene where he's trying to go out to sleep out on the balcony at his tenement and just noises keep happening. And at some point, a woman is yelling up to her daughter, I'm going to the pharmacist. Uh, what would you like? She's get me some Ipecac. Well, what if they don't have Ipecac? And she goes, get syrup of swill. I have no idea what, this, what, <laughs> what these things are. But I think they're both purgatives. They're both things that make you puke because you've eaten the wrong thing or because you're a bulimic. I, I have no idea. But it's a gift by W.C. Fields. Holy fuck, is that movie funny? It's, it's just tremendous. That reminds me of one of mine and I believe your favorite scenes in any movie we showed it a couple of weeks ago on, on travel home video is the, from the ladies man, Jerry Lewis, where the mobster comes in and goes, hold it. I don't believe it. Are you sitting on my hat? Do you know you had better get up off my hat? <laughs> Fix the hat. Put it on it's my head. We found out a whole bunch of uh, trivia about yes. that guy too. Is, is it George Raft? Like he's a huge gangster. Like I, I forget who the actor was, but he's a huge gangster star, and he's been in a million movies. Yeah. Put put my hat back on. I don't wear it like that. Take my hat off. Fix my hair. And he's just co- and Jerry Lewis is combing his hair down. That and scene, Jerry Lewis is openly laughing. He's just like, <laughs> he can't. Do you know it, that you were sitting it, on my hat? Do you know that you had better get off of my hat? <laughs> it's You've so funny. The You've way he, my hat. He, he the way he says, "Hold it!" It just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> Hold up! I don't believe. Are you sitting on my hat? How do you come up with a bit like that? And it goes on forever. It goes For thirty on years, and ever and ever. And it's yeah. the funniest thing I've ever seen. And it it's in a Jerry Lewis movie. And and, Jer- and we're on the back of Jerry Lewis's head. For most of it, it's the funniest scene in the movie. And he yeah, allowed- Jerry Lewis, I, I think Jerry Lewis turns upstage from the camera because he's breaking. Because oh, yeah, yeah, he's cracking up. I want to say it's George Raft, or it, it's it's some huge... It's like George Raft, school. yes. George yeah. Raft. And he's playing it so straight. Oh, my gosh, yeah. You'd better get off of my hat. And didn't Put he, the hat back he, on my head. He, did George Raft, did he discover Sinatra or work with Sinatra? What was the thing, Kevin, you found out? Um, look that up right now. Better than no, he he was just he played the heavy in so many movies, but the fact that he comes in oh and he's trying to date one of the one of the female boarders at the thing, that movie also sucks as a whole. But there are three awesome scenes, and that's one of them. There's, there's some good scenes. There's there's that's some baby. That's a baby. <laughs> that's, that's a baby. That's some baby. And they, if, if if for people listening that aren't. 
fans or like they have never watched Jerry Lewis movies. This is the, the era where Jerry Lewis started directing and producing. And the movie started for me to be not as good. However, there would be three or two scenes in every movie that were just yeah. solid gold. Holy shit. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Er, er, earlier movies where he was just an actor in it, uh, like the, the, uh, the delicate delinquent, uh, like he's just a hilarious physical comedian. What's the one? It was supposed to be called Smorgasbord, but they changed it to cracking up. The, oh. the, the, the cold open is him in an office room, oh God, the waiting room where everything's made of plastic and it keeps slipping and sliding. And it goes yeah. on for, for, I think, 40 forever. years. Forever. Forever. <laughs> what was that? What was it? Was it not the caddy, the bellboy? The bellhop. The bellhop or whatever, where it's, they, he would do weird, surreal stuff. Like he would get out a picture. Bellboy? Bellboy or something like that. He would yeah. have a camera and it would just be on the back of him. He's going to take a picture and... It would he would go click and it would just go night. It was like they set up the camera, locked it down, and then no, no, it, it was the opposite. They, they they shot for like I think two, three or four days at the Fountain Blue in Florida, like yeah. Miami Beach or wherever that was. They had this new hotel that was just opening up. <clears throat> they had no script and they just did bits. Yeah. And there's a bit at nighttime. He goes out oh, and wants yeah. to take a photo of the hotel. And it takes a flash photo and all of a sudden it's daytime. And then you just hear voices inside the hotel. Honey, it's already daytime. We just went to bed. And he's like, oh, honey. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, he runs away like, oh, shit, I made it day. They're going to yell at me. Yell at me. I have control over the day and night by pushing a button and they're going to be yeah. pissed off. Uh, the, yeah, uh, the, the the Aaron boy is a great one. He, I think he works at a, uh, like a film studio and he goes to the commissary, the commissary and nobody wants to sit with him. And there's all these paintings of like epic movie film, like, you know, like posters. And one is Samson, like pushing the pillars apart of the temple. But like, you can tell that it's actually a guy in there. Like, it's like it's not, yeah. but a string off of his sandal is coming out of the frame and breaking the fourth wall, you know, the, the, like the, 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 uh, the third dimension. And Jerry Lewis is by himself and he sees. Yeah. He does. How many, how many takes does he make at that, Rob? A hundred? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like. And, and then he reaches over and pulls the thing and the guy falls out and the whole temple falls into the commissary and everybody's mad at Jerry Lewis. <laughs> how dare you make the painting real? Don't you know you're not supposed to pull a man's laces? That makes the painting real. So, so Spencer, you're saying you don't have a favorite comedy? You're, you're not a comedy he film fan? Like, he doesn't like entertainment. Uh, I'm convinced of it. Yeah, what, uh, what's a good movie? I don't know. I can't, I can't even tell you. I used, to say like like back in, I used to say like back in high school, my favorite movie was Zoolander. And right now, today, when I'm trying to think of like movies that I like, Zoolander's like the only one that's coming up. I'm sure I've seen funny movies since then, but I just do. You, I, do you I, know that I, Rob Schraub directed a sequence in Zoolander? No, I didn't. What sequence? The the, the brainwashing sequence. Whoa! I didn't. I, I mean, it was a lot of help. It was like I came in with like a bunch of stuff, and and then that's an exclusive. It, it, it was so awesome because that was at Sony, right? Uh, was it at Sony? 
It might have been. I, I, it I think it was a Sony. I it was Paramount. No, it wasn't Paramount. I, th I think it was Sony, but I could be wrong. Um, but it was it was West Side. I remember going a, a distance for it. But I remember going on a set. Rob, for some reason, invited me, and Ben Stiller was directing it. But Ben Stiller wanted Rob to direct a certain sequence because it was very visual, where they hypnotize um, Will Ferrell. Mm -hmm. Oh, and, Will Ferrell hypnotizes Ben Stiller. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm just there watching, and Rob has never been on a big set, a big soundstage, and he doesn't know the lingo. Yeah. But instantly, Rob was a director and a better director than Ben Stiller, from my no, money. No, that's not true. Not true. Not true. Ben, did, you, ben did a great job. You, team, you teamed up with the DP, and the DP stood behind you, like, like almost like a, a kind of piggyback ride. And you're like, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and I want to do this. And the, the, the DP was like calling out to his grips, like, oh, we need this, we need that, we need this. Like, you, you didn't speak the language, but he, you told him like you visualize the storyboard like this is what i want and the guy goes got it and it was fantastic and it was um, so fun to watch um i remember being so terrified being absolutely terrified and, and totally in, in in above my head i was uh it, it's good that you remember it that way also, I remember you sitting in a director's chair and Ben Stiller putting his nuts on your knee in an act of total physical dominance. And I <laughs> thought that was very weird. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that was on purpose. No, it was totally, I'm sitting in a director's chair. Like it was, it was nobody's, like Mila Jovovich's name wasn't on the back of it. Will Ferrell's name. I'm sitting in an unmarked director's chair. Rob, I think was sitting in either Ben Stiller's director's chair or it said director or on it. And, you know, diminutive, Ben Stiller comes over and literally walks up to Rob, you know, because your knees are out, you're sitting in a director's chair and he rests his genitals on Rob's knee. And Rob is like, mm. and I think that was like a wolf peeing on a tree. Like, like he, I, I, oh no, it was if, fucking if, bullshit. If that's what really happened, I shouldn't have been sitting in this chair. But he, but he was coming over there to say how good a, a job you were doing. And <laughs> like, he was paying you compliments. And I think he was like, oh shit, you're a better director than me. No. I have to put my, my ball sack on your knee. I, that's <laughs> my takeaway from that. Uh, I was sitting, I, I was sitting two feet away from this and uh, it was shocking. Now ben, ben taught me a lot on that, that, that set and heat vision. I, I, he taught you I, to always walk up to people and put your balls on them. That's that's one of the that, that's no, what uh, I don't know if you watch Mank, but Joseph L. Mankiewicz, that was the first thing he learned. Him <laughs> and Billy Wilder, John Ford, they would walk right up to anybody that had been seated and just put the just just nestle their sack on you and look you in the eye and say, remember, you're, remember you're doing a great job. I do. I, I remember both of us being extraordinarily freaked out. <laughs> And because we Rob, joke, of course, we joke, but Ben's a good friend of ours. We'd never yeah. say anything. I got a story, but I'm not going to tell it. I got a story about hanging out with, with Rob and Dan on the set of Heat Vision and Jack, and we all went out to the equivalent of a Denny's out in Lancaster, wherever the fuck we were. I, I won't even tell the story. Rob knows what I'm talking about. The waitress, wow. the waitress, saw Jack Black, Ben Stiller, me, Dan Harmon, Rob Schraub sitting at, it wasn't a Denny's, but it was something like a, a, a Caro's or something like that. Yeah. And she goes, 
Her name was Schwing, by the way, which is hilarious. Schwing. I do remember her name being Schwing. That's right. And she comes out, she goes, someone in the kitchen says, some of, one of you is very famous. One of you is very famous. And like, you know, it could be a rising star Jack Black. Also, Ben had just made, uh, what's the one more? Something about Mary. Something about Mary. So he's certainly the most famous. Rob and Dan, not famous. Me, I want nobody. And Ben just starts going, can I tell the story, Rob? I, ben I don't just remember this. I remember the setup. I don't remember what it is. He goes, my, my, someone in the kitchen said, someone at this table is very famous. And instantly Ben goes, like, like can I go anywhere without this fucking bullshit? <laughs> and she looks around and she, and like, and she, goes, and she points at Rob and she goes, it's you. <laughs> and then she's like, she, she decided of, of that table that whoever yeah. the famous person was, it had to be Rob Schraub. And I then Ben was me. all bummed out. He was like, like, he went from being like, just leave me alone to like, who the fuck am I? Chop liver over here? It was fucking, <laughs> and, and, and the night was ruined. The night was ruined. I don't know if it was ruined. Oh, well, uh, there's a whole second and third act of that night. Which ends with me driving Ben to the set the next morning because he left his keys in Jack Black's car, and there's a whole lot of shit going on there. Whoa, I don't remember that. What well, it's it, it, it's time for us to go. Shrab, do you have anything to plug for us and and, and, uh, and anything to just, say? Just uh, uh, Brooke Freund's chip bowls, which uh, uh, there's uh, the link. I ate all the chips while we were hanging out. I'll, I'm gonna post what was the uh, one, Kevin. RobHomeVideo.com slash Cheops. Cheops. I'll post it on my Instagram and my Twitters and all that. All that. But uh, stick around uh, for Found Crap coming up after Dave Hartman's Draw With Me. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Hey, Thank Rob, it's so always... Uh, you can come on every every week as far as I'm concerned. All right. Yeah. Well, I got to do my show, right. too. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Spencer. You got anything to, uh, to, to plug or post? Uh, just uh, check me out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash the Sixler. I'll probably be streaming tonight. I've been playing uh, Mega Man Legends. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. And you can find my Patreon, uh, Storytime with Jeff B. Davis, where I, I'm trying to write a book. And, uh, and uh, this is always a pleasure to hang out with you. And Kevin Day for making everything happen. Thank you so much, Kevin. Kevin. That happens. <laughs> All right, we'll see you all later. Go with God. <laughs>